We're back recording in the regular confines in the regular time slot this week, hoping to get back on track after a couple of down weeks, and we got a big change coming down the pipe. What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tees, and welcome to week 10 of my weekly NFL football pick show for the 2021 NFL football regular season and postseason. And yeah, week nine, uh, depending on who you talk to, and it'll be pretty much everybody, uh, a down week. In week nine, a lot of us in this community struggled in week nine to quote the venerable Pat McAfee. We don't know anything about any of these teams. Uh, a lot of teams that we thought would be dominant last week uh, lost their games outright and looked anything but dominant. So there, there's there's obviously a lot of question marks heading into the upcoming week here in the NFL. I only went six and eight straight up, so you never like to have a week where you're underwater. I believe that's my second straight week being underwater straight up because I think in week nine, yeah, week nine, I was five and ten. So definitely on a bit of a downswing here, but look, the valleys help you appreciate the peaks, so we're okay with this. Six and eight, 74 and 62 straight up on the season, 54.4%. Obviously want that number to be closer to 60 and pushing even higher, but we will work on that starting this week. Against the spread and over under against the spread, I was five and nine, which makes sense on a six and eight week. Uh, with the totals, I was actually six and eight, so I was better on the totals than I was with the spread picks. But here is the big change moving forward. It's been long awaited. I've been talking about it for a while. It's taking a little bit of a different form than I kind of expected that it would. I will no longer be making total picks. Uh, with a notable exception. So basically when I go through these games, just when I'm doing the regular game picks before I get to the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze, up to this point I've been giving you a straight up play and against the spread play and an over under play. And look, basically for the last two years plus, my totals have been really bad. And I don't like producing and presenting bad content. So I'm just not going to be doing those anymore. So it's just, I, I don't want to present a product that I don't think I can sort of stand behind and with the totals I don't think I can stand behind them. With the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks, I will still be giving you total plays for those four picks because if I'm going to bother highlighting those picks at all and calling those picks special, which is what I do on a week-in, week-out basis, I would feel like I'm really shortchanging you if I don't give you that full pick. So we'll definitely still be giving you total plays on the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze, as well as the against the spread and the straight up. But for the other picks in the week, you're going to get the straight up pick. You're going to get the against the spread pick. You're not going to be getting a total pick for those games. I hope that makes sense. Let me know your feedback on that in the comments section below, but that's how I plan on moving forward. Speaking of the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks, uh, again, it, they're usually a reflection of the rest of the week as a whole, and it basically was. I struggled. I only went two and two straight up, missing out on the platinum pick as well as the silver pick straight up. Tennessee upsetting the Rams and Jacksonville bafflingly upsetting the Buffalo Bills. And uh, actually, the platinum pick was a reverse sweep. I got the whole thing wrong, straight up against the spread and on the total. So it was not a good week for the platinum pick. Only went one and three against the spread in those picks, only getting Indianapolis minus 10 and a half over the Jets in the Thursday nighter. I went three and one on the totals. <laughs> I got all of them except that total in the platinum pick. So I guess I'm going out on the uh, on a high note with the uh, the overall total picks. But again, that's also partly why I'm keeping the totals picks in those top four plays because this year I'm five and four, four and five, three and six, and four and five. So they're very close to 500. All of them really except the gold pick, and of course the bronze pick is above 500. So I just feel like I'm getting better results out of these top four plays, picking the totals, so that's why they're going to stick around. 
Leaning into the Pick'em pools now, I did move down a spot to 22nd in the Bridgewater's Finest pool. 682 confidence points on the season, 61.9%. Only brought in 51 of 105 in Week 9, so that's obviously underwater with the underwater straight-up picks. But we're shouting out Uncle BBQ Barry for winning Week 9. 9 and 5 straight up in, again, a very difficult week, so that is an accomplishment. Only 63 of 105 confidence points, so obviously, I mean, look, they went four games over 500 but lost a ton of confidence points on those losses it was 60 percent. it was still good enough to win the week fourth and ridiculous remaining the overall leader in the bridgewater's finest pool but their lead has lessened in the last couple of weeks it is a much more competitive pool than it was a few weeks ago they're at 809 confidence points 73.5 percent and i've said it for a long time right around 70 percent is like that championship pace over the length of a season Fourth and Ridiculous getting closer to that now. The Half Moons Against the Spread Pool, I'm still sitting right around 45th, so right in the meaty part of that curve. 499 confidence points, it's only 45.3%, but it's still about halfway in the pack, so it's that's just the kind of season that it's been. Only brought in 37 of 105 confidence points last week, it's only like 35%, a little over 35%. Somehow bafflingly, Pittsburgh couldn't cover 6.5 points last night, but c'est la vie. Shouting out Ryan's picks for being the week nine winner in that pool. They only got one against the spread play wrong last week. They got 104 of 105 possible confidence points. It's as good as you can do without being perfect. So that was an awesome week for them. I don't know that they're anywhere near the overall leaders. Moby Polito's still the overall leader in that pool and a, is a leader by a pretty good clip. They have 661 confidence points. It's good for 60%. So they're still leading, but what a massive performance from Ryan's picks. And in the Ante and Co straight up pick'em pool, I went obviously six and eight straight up, only 42.9% of the games correct. We had five teams go eight and six last week. So they all tied obviously for the week nine win. And we now have three teams tied atop that pool overall on the season. The cat rep in the Pacific Northwest has come back down to the pack. And there are three teams tied with 88 straight up correct picks this year 64.7 percent it's a race now all of a sudden in the anti and co pool obviously from the previous week i am no longer alive in the anti and co survival pool but now that field got cut in half last week because of a couple of those high profile losses now only five of 19 teams left in that survival pool and four of those five have a single strike and actually it's the pool creator chris carter uh, Hatbox Kid, uh, The Perched, who does not have any strikes yet this year. So they're leading the pack in their own survival pool. There's five left. They've definitely got the inside track to win this thing. So well done, Chris. And we're going to take a peek now into Fantasy Corner, which is, of course, brought to you by the Dynasty Trade Calculator. And folks, I've been talking about them for quite some time. If you play Dynasty Football, Keeper League Football, Long-Term Fantasy Football, and you are looking for that inside edge, the Dynasty Trade Calculator is definitely for you. My referral link is in the description below. And for as little as $3, you can get access to one of the best, if not the best resource for long-term fantasy football in terms of trade evaluations, player rankings, podcasts. It does not matter how your league is configured. The Dynasty Trade Calculator has got you covered with some of the best experts and some of the best insights that you can find in the long-term fantasy football game. Get you some championships with the Dynasty Trade Calculator. Check out my referral link in the description below. Had a pretty mediocre week in fantasy, however, in week nine, again, reflective of the rest of the week, two and four in my six fantasy football leagues, and now only sixth place and eighth place in my two best ball leagues. So just struggling across the board there. I did, however, pick up the win in my league, the Professionals Dynasty Fantasy Football, picking up the win over Touchdown for Watt. I'm now seven and two and tied with Touchdown for Watt for first place in that league. In the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Fantasy Football League, I lost to Geo. That was a matchup that I probably should have made some better decisions with my roster. And 
it was I don't want to call it an inexcusable loss because Gio's a, Gio's got a good team. He's a good manager. He's a, he's very good manager in fact, but it was one of those that you look at the projections, I feel like I let that one get away and when I'm only 3 and 5 and now down to 3 and 6, you can't really afford to let those games get away. I almost have to win out here if I want to look at making the playoffs in this league. I've got week 10 matchups with Enzonio Gibson, which is an excellent team name in the Professionals Dynasty League. That is projected too close to call right now. And a week 10 matchup with Team IR, that is Billy B, longtime member of this community. That's a projected loss for me right now. So we got some work to do on those teams. Actually, my team in the Progs League, I don't have a starting tight end this week. So I, there's some work that needs to be done there, obviously. But we're looking for better things next week or this coming week in fantasy. And I'll take this opportunity, as I always do, to remind you that if you go to the description of the video file here on YouTube or the audio file on SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts of choice, you can find all of my results from last week, all of my picks for this week, week 10 in the NFL, information on joining the Bridgewater's Finest, Half Moon's picks against the spread, or Auntie and Co. straight up pick em pools for this season. Again, you win a week, you get yourself shouted out on this show. You can find information on joining the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page and find information on my great friends and sponsors at Nerd Tees. As I've been saying for weeks, folks, the holidays are getting here sooner and sooner and sooner. People are shopping earlier and earlier, and nerdtees.ca is a spot that you got to make a point of heading to for dozens and dozens of incredible loose-leaf tea blends and accessories, stuff for that hard-to-buy-for person on your list. And when you go to nerdtees.ca, you're going to want to use my promo code, which is BWFINEST. That is going to save you 15% at checkout. You're also going to get free shipping in Canada on any order over a hundred bucks as well as a great conversion rate on the US dollar if you're one of my listeners one of my many listeners from south of the border today's blend is kiwi-licious and it is a it, the smell of kiwi-licious I just got to tell you whether you like kiwi directly or you don't like kiwi directly the smell of this tea is tremendous as soon as you make a cup of this it fills up the kitchen or wherever you're making your tea just fills it up with this incredible aroma and again one of just dozens and dozens of incredible options on nerdtees.ca, get your free shipping, save your 15% with my promo code BWFINEST, find yourself something to love, or find someone you love something to love. You can do it on nerdtees.ca. So we got 14 games on tap here in week 10. 10 of them, of course, this will be the first week where I do not give my total picks. Look, I'm still going to give you final scores for these games. So if you want to glean what my total picks would be based off the final scores that I give you, Mazel tov, fill your boots. I got no problem with that at all. They're just not going to be official picks like they will be in the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze. Get it, got it, good, and since you understood, let's go to Dallas now, where the Dallas Cowboys are going to play host to the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, these two teams on the opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of discipline and penalty discipline atlanta one of the least penalized teams in the nfl taking on the cowboys who are one of the most penalized teams in the nfl and genuinely that does matter in these head-to-head -head matchups especially when you've got two teams like this who can score some points can play some questionable defense sometimes we saw plenty of questionable defense from the cowboys giving up 30 points to denver last week now atlanta is on the tail end of back-to-back -back road games which does tend to, I think for a team like Atlanta, especially, where they basically have to cross the country for this game and don't tend to travel all that well, at least historically, this is one of those situations where being on the tail end of back-to-back -back roadies, not good news. While this game feels like it should be something of a layup for the 6-2 NFC East leading Cowboys, like don't count out Atlanta in this matchup at all. This feels like a close game to me. One of those games that I think somebody would look at on the schedule and go, okay, well there's a win for Dallas and kind of move on. I think this is going to be a bit of a sneaky game. I do think Dallas still comes up with the win. So I'm going to take the Cowboys to win the game straight up. However, on the line, Dallas is laying nine points as a home favorite, which I think is close to the number they were laying last week as a home favorite against Denver and lost that game by two possessions. So I'm going to take the Cowboys to win because I do genuinely think they're the better team. However, 
I'm going to take Atlanta plus the nine points against the spread. And I understand that Atlanta and Denver, obviously two very different football teams that operate very differently and try to win on different sides of the ball. So I totally get that. But when you look at Atlanta, they're only giving up 23 points a game over the last month. Yes, Denver is giving up 19, but the difference between 19 and 23 is not a ton. So I do genuinely think this game stays within the nine points. I think it's a single possession game. I'm going to take the plus nine on the Falcons. Let's go Dallas 30, Atlanta 24. Let's go to Tennessee now. Titans playing host of the New Orleans Saints. The Saints, as we've talked about a lot this season, one of the best ball control teams in the NFL. They do not turn the ball over a ton. They generate turnovers on the defensive side, so definitely a boost for them. But the Saints are one of these teams that I genuinely, I don't know what they are. Like, they're a team that scores a lot of points, and statistically speaking, the defense is very good. Like they're the best scoring defense in that division. But uh, some of the play that I see out of the Saints sometimes just baffles me. This doesn't feel like it should be a five and three team. This team feels like they should be like six and two or seven and one, but they're not. And I don't think I can trust them going into a game in Tennessee, where Tennessee is on fire. Tennessee might be the hottest team in the NFL right now, and they just lost, arguably, one of the top three running backs in the NFL. We're like, how in the world? Their whole offense runs through him. How are they going to win? And they just said, uh, like this, and they went out and they won. So I got to take Tennessee here because they're the team, certainly, that is more you know, clicking on firing on more cylinders is what I'm trying to say than the saints are. So we're going to take Tennessee to win this game straight up on the line. Tennessee's only laying three points as a home favorite. I like them to win. That's a relatively small price to pay. I think I'm going to go ahead and lay the three points on the Titans. I think they've officially reached, uh, gotta see them not do it territory before I don't pick with them like they're on fire I think I kind of want to jump on this train so we're going to lay the three points on the Titans let's go Tennessee 24 New Orleans 20 let's go to New England now Patriots playing host to the Cleveland Browns there's plenty to talk about in this game the Browns may potentially be without Greedy Williams although they're officially labeling him as day to day Uh, there's a chance that they get Kareem Hunt back in this game but what we can say about Cleveland is they take too many penalties they are on the tail end of back-to-back road games and again they don't strike me as this team that travels exceptionally well But potentially the biggest storyline of this game is who is going to be in the backfield for the New England Patriots. Stop me if you've heard this conversation before. But Damian Harris injured his head last week, potentially has a concussion. We don't really know. There's no official update, obviously, because it's the Patriots. No official update on his availability for this game. So you think, okay, next down would probably be Ramondre Stevenson. Well, Ramondre Stevenson also injured his head in the game last week. I think on his last carry of the game, he injures himself as well. So now it's like, okay, if Harris doesn't play and Stevenson does, then obviously that's a downgrade on the offense. It's an upgrade for Brandon Bolden. Uh, If neither of them play, it's a massive upgrade for Brandon Bolden. As a matter of fact, you may want to grab him in whatever fantasy leagues you can because he may be in line for a massive game. But I've been thoroughly unconvinced of the Patriots' offense, even though they've definitely been playing better lately. And that's even, like, take the 54-point game out of it. The last four games they've had, aside from that 54-pointer, has been 24, 27, and 29 points. This is also a really good defense. So uh, this is a really, really good Patriots team. I just kind of feel something about the Browns here. It's an upset play for sure. I'm going to take the Browns, I think, on the road in New England. I think Cleveland gets the job done, especially getting a guy like Kareem Hunt back that puts their two-headed monster in the backfield back together. And obviously Cleveland is at their best when that is the case. So I'm going to take the Brownies to get the win here. And against the spread, right now New England is laying a single point as a home favorite. They had started, I think... 
think the line opened minus two and a half, and right now it's sitting at minus one. So obviously I like the Browns to win outright, so I guess I'll take the single point on Cleveland. Let's go Browns 20, Patriots 14. Let's go to New York now for a battle of the AFC East. Jets playing host to the Buffalo Bills. So obviously these two teams both on the losing side of things last week. Jets were getting blown out and forged themselves a bit of a comeback there against the Colts. I think the final on that game was 45-30 to after they were down. I think it was like 42-3 to or something crazy. 42-10, to something crazy like that. Like they were getting blown out in that game. And then, you know, the Colts kind of took the foot off the gas pedal and they almost didn't cover that spread, which would have really, really made Justin upset. But Jets were on the losing side of things. They do have the benefit, obviously, of playing on the long week. However, they're still one of the worst ball control teams in the entire NFL. One of the few teams that actually have double-digit negatives in terms of their turnover differential. Buffalo, one of the few teams that has double-digit positives in terms of their turnover differential, is what I'm trying to say, if my mouth will cooperate with me. However, of course, the Bills shockingly losing that game last week 9-6 to against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And just the exact opposite of what you think would happen in a game like that. So I guess we should have picked it because it's like, okay, what do you think is going to happen? Okay, what's the exact opposite of that? Let's go with that. In 2021 in the NFL, I guess that kind of makes sense. Now, Buffalo, they take a few more penalties than I would like to see them do. I think they should be able to clean that discipline up here over the next couple of weeks. It's clearly an issue. And it played itself out in that game last week against Jacksonville. Certainly not the sole reason that they lost. They're also on the tail end of back-to-back road games. And they're also dealing with an injury in the defense. And it's not an insignificant one. It is cornerback Taron Johnson, who's basically basically their number one CB, I would say. He's got a concussion. He's in protocol. There's no update on him right now. He may or may not be available in this game. Would certainly be a boost to the Jets' offense if he's not available. However, Buffalo's not going to lay eggs two weeks in a row. Especially where it's a division opponent, they're going to get up for a game like this. That team is too good to drop back-to-back games to that level of competition. So obviously we're going to be on the Bills here in a pretty big bad way to bounce back from that loss last week. Let's take Buffalo in New York to hammer the Jets. On the line, Buffalo's laying 13 points as the road favorite. I feel like this is going to be a popular hedge. I personally have this as a four-possession game. So I have no problem laying 13 points. We're going to take Buffalo minus the 13 points. Buffalo over the Jets. Let's take Bills 35, Jets 9. Let's go to Pittsburgh now where the Steelers fresh off a two-point victory last night on Monday Night Football. Again, a game that I thought they should have been able to cover the minus 6.5 against a team like Chicago whose offense is problematic to say the least. They were not able to do that. They win that game 29-27. to So Pittsburgh going to come in on the short week. They're going to play host to the Detroit Lions who are coming in off their bye. So at the very least, they will be a well-rested football team. However, a well-rested Detroit Lions team are still the Detroit Lions. Uh, This is not a game, obviously, that Pittsburgh can afford to lose, especially now where, look, they're five and three. This division is not spoken for yet. Yes, the Ravens are six and two. Yes, they've got the inside track, but every other team in this division has five wins. So this division, nowhere near spoken for at this point. This is still competitive between all four teams, which sometimes can be a bit of a rarity. Actually, kind of like the AFC West, sort of the same deal. We'll get to that soon enough. So this is not a game that the Steelers can afford to lose, certainly, especially not on their home field. Feel pretty good about the Steelers in this spot. Let's take Pittsburgh at home to beat Detroit. On the line, however, Pittsburgh laying nine points here as the home favorite. That's too many points for me. I realize the Detroit Lions are a bad football team. Genuinely a bad football team. But I would kind of classify the Bears the same way, especially the last month. The Bears defense has like completely caved in on itself. So I don't necessarily know that the... Bears defense right now statistically is all that worse or dissimilar from the Detroit Lions and if Pittsburgh was not able to cover six and a half against Chicago 
I don't think they're going to cover nine against Detroit. So I'm going to take the nine points on the Lions, even though I am taking Pittsburgh to win the game straight up. Let's go Steelers 24, Lions 21. Let's go to Los Angeles now for a matchup of the two, two of the teams anyway, that I am the least confident in just historically. The LA Chargers and the Minnesota Vikings, two teams that I have struggled so hard, not just this year, but in years past, to actually get a handle on when to pick them and when to fade them. And now they get to play each other, so hooray for Justin. Vikings enter this game on the tail end of back-to-back -back road games. They are, however, one of the best ball control teams in the NFL. Speaking of the AFC West, Chargers, who were winners last week, have the inside track right now in terms of tiebreakers. They technically lead this division, despite the fact that every team in this division, obviously very, very close in terms of wins and losses. Now, the Minnesota Vikings are losers of two straight games, sit at three and five, a full basically three and a half games back of division leading Green Bay in the NFC North. So Minnesota's got to start turning it on here because we're getting to that point in the season where, okay, if we don't think we can catch the team in front of us for the division, what does the wildcard situation look like? And maybe it seems too early to some people to start talking about wildcards, but right now in the NFC, the wild card would play out like this. You got the Rams at seven and two. You've got the Saints at five and three. And then you've got the Falcons actually at four and four. So the Vikings are a full game back now of that seventh playoff spot in the NFC. So can they afford to lose a game like this? Really, neither one of these teams can afford to lose this game, which will make it probably an exciting, interesting, high scoring, entertaining football game. But given that these are two teams that I do not trust to take when they are the favorites, I'm just going to take whoever the underdog is. And I know that's not exactly the greatest way to pick games, but sometimes, sometimes you just got to pull that one out. And right now, the Vikings are two and a half point dogs in Los Angeles. I'm going to take Minnesota to win this game outright. Again, the dogs are going to hit. I look. I hand hand over my heart and other hand raised above my head. I said it last week that I didn't think the rule of four was going to hit because it was undefeated up to that point in the season. It tends to lose at least three times a year. So I was like, I, I'm going to fade the rule of four. And the rule of four spanked me last week. Seven betting underdogs won their games outright last week. And the rule of four hit by the time the early afternoon games were done. So I, I learned my lesson. I do think the rule of four hits this week. And this is going to be one of those games. Again, we already gave you one with Cleveland. This is going to be another one of those games where I just think the dog finds a way to win the game outright. So I'm going to take the Vikings to win the game straight up. And of course, take the Vikings plus the two and a half points against the spread. Let's go Minnesota 31, Chargers 27. High scoring, entertaining football game. Maybe comes down to the last play of the game. I think Minnesota gets the job done. Before we move on here, I'm going to make this announcement because it literally just happened as I'm recording this episode. In the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Fantasy Football League, we had a trade just go down in which Gio, who I talked about earlier, acquires Zach Moss and Billy, who I also mentioned earlier, acquires Naheem Hines and Alexander Madison. So let me know in the comment section below what you think of that trade this is a full ppr league it's 12 teams we do have a couple of keepers every year with some rules about who can and cannot be kept if we assume that any of those players could potentially be kept what do you think about that trade one more time zach moss for naheem hines and alexander madison seemed rather apropos where we just talked about the vikings okay moving on Let's go to Denver now, the Broncos in the basement of that AFC West. But like we mentioned, every team there is uber, uber competitive. In fact, all four teams have exactly five wins. So yeah, the Broncos are in the basement, but they're still five and four on the year. Obviously came up with a win that not a lot of teams or people would have expected them to pull out last week. That win against Dallas in Dallas. Uh, Denver is actually now winners of two straight games. So Denver might be turning it on here a little bit. They are going to face a Philadelphia Eagles squad that obviously has struggled this year. Three and six coming up on the unhappy side of things last time they were on the field. I've talked about the Eagles all year as one of the more penalized teams in the NFL. They don't seem to be able to get that straightened out. It's tough to pick with a team like that. 
But here you have a unique situation. You have a situation where actually both teams dealing with fairly significant injuries that I think might play off of each other. For the Broncos, it's offensive tackle Bobby Massey. He has an ankle injury. He will not play this week. And you take that in conjunction with the Denver Broncos, kind of the walking wounded here coming into, at least the very least they get to come back home. But Massey's got that injury. I think Patrick Sertain picked up an injury from last week. This team is beaten up and they've been dealing with injuries all year long, starting with, my God, Jerry Judy, pretty well right out of the gate. The Philadelphia Eagles potentially dealing with an injury as well, that being cornerback Darius Slay. And obviously that is no small piece of their defense. He's dealing with a hamstring injury. There's no update on him right now. So he may very well just wind up being a day-to-day thing that he can manage and he winds up playing. I'm still Obviously still worth mentioning because he's a big piece, like I said, of their defense. So you got two teams here who are both, you know, dealing with injuries, One team takes more penalties than the other, which makes it tougher to pick with them. But I, boy, maybe this is fishing for another upset. But I look at the injury situation for Denver above and beyond Bobby Massey. And I don't feel good about it. I don't feel good about picking this Broncos team, even though maybe it looks like they've turned a corner a little bit. And look, they're a good football team. There is no question about that. I wouldn't necessarily characterize the Eagles right now as a good football team. That being said, I'm going to lean a little more on their offense because their offense has been playing very well lately, at least 20 points in every game this month, just a couple weeks removed from putting up 44. I think their offense has a higher ceiling than the Broncos does. And if the defenses can be considered somewhat similar, I think it's a tight game for sure, but I'm going to take the Eagles in Denver to beat the Broncos. On the line, Philly's a two and a half point dog in this matchup. So obviously Vegas considers this a close matchup as well. I like the Eagles to win. So I'm going to take the two and a half points. Let's take Philly 21, Denver 20. Let's go to Green Bay now. Packers playing host to the Seattle Seahawks. And this is a matchup that uh, could potentially feature two probably surefire Hall of Fame quarterbacks or could feature Jordan Love versus whoever's been playing quarterback for Seattle. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is 10 days on the COVID protocol list. Uh, will be up on Saturday. This game obviously being played on Sunday. So good chance he does probably play, but it's not a guarantee. Russell Wilson's doctor who performed the surgery on his hand, who took the pin out of his hand, clearing him to play in this game doesn't necessarily mean that he will play. So a lot of question marks here, obviously, in terms of who's going to play in this game and who isn't. So let's try to focus on what we know. What we know is we got the Seahawks coming into the game off the bye, so they'll be well-rested. What we know is these are two of the least penalized teams in the NFL, just in terms of penalties taken per game, total penalties, whatever. Two of the least penalized, most disciplined teams in the NFL, two teams that don't tend to beat themselves. What we also know, or what is likely, is that Kenny Clark on Green Bay's defensive line, will not play. There's no update on him. He injured his back last week. He feels unlikely right now for week 10. It's possible that he plays, but he feels unlikely. Here's what I think is going to happen, and what I think is going to happen is predicating what my pick is. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to play. I think Russell Wilson is going to play, but I think he's going to be limited in terms of the number of throws, the kinds of throws that he's going to be capable of making. I think he's going to be limited. And how much better are the Seahawks with a 60 to 65% Russell Wilson than with their current quarterback du jour? They're a better team. Are they a good enough team to beat one of the best defenses in the NFL? which is what I think the Green Bay Packers are. Kenny Clark or not, Eric Stokes or not, all the injuries that they've had or not. This is developing into one of the best defenses in the NFL. I think the Packers' defense is what's going to wind up being the difference in this game. I expect Aaron Rodgers to play. I expect Aaron Rodgers to be motivated and kind of pissed off because very clearly he's been playing the victim card ever since this whole thing came out about uh, you know his his status as being unvaccinated and he's mad about that but deal with it it's what you are 
So I expect him to be motivated. I expect him to have a good game. That's going to lead the Packers to victory here, obviously. I'm going to be on Green Bay to win this game just because I don't expect a full complement of abilities from Russell Wilson. On the line, Packers are laying four points here as home favorites. I think this is a two-possession game, so I'm okay laying the four points on Green Bay. Packers minus four. Packers winning the game straight up. Let's take Green Bay 34, Seattle 23. Hey, remember how we talked about the AFC West? Let's talk about the AFC West a little bit more. A matchup of the AFC West, the Las Vegas Raiders playing host to the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, Chiefs, winners of two straight games. They haven't exactly been the prettiest of wins, but they're wins. And that's what matters for a team like Kansas City who, you say, I'm going to say something, and people look at this as a very negative thing to say. I just think it's pointing out what the case is. I think the Kansas City Chiefs are front runners because how could they not be? Like, they've had so much success over the last few seasons. How could you not? Like, it's... It, front running then is normalized it's it's your your normal state of being is like well we're confident because we're winning and i just think once you kind of pop them in the mouth they're so not used to losing that's what results in a season like they've had where yes they've been winners of two straight but they're only five and four on the year so they're in those growing pains of learning how to be a team that hey you're gonna lose some football games sometimes and I think, so again, this is, it's a growing pain. It's a developmental thing. The Raiders, meanwhile, they're sitting at five and three. They were losers last week. I've been very impressed with where this defense has gone this year. The Raiders are a significantly better defense than I would give, have given them credit for at the beginning of the year. They've really developed on the defensive side of the ball. Their offense obviously is still potent, even though they don't have Henry Ruggs anymore, of course, with that whole situation. They also just cut another guy they drafted in the first round just fairly recently for uh, making threats over social media or something. So nobody ever said the Raiders picked the real character guys, but they have a good football team and they have a defense that I think is capable of winning this football game, especially with their offense going against the defense that they're going against. Yeah, KC only gave up seven points last week, but it was to a Packers team without Aaron Rodgers. So it is what it is. I really like the Raiders here at home. Like I had the Raiders I would have the Raiders be favorites in this game they're not they're two and a half point dogs at home I would have the Raiders be the favorites in this matchup to be perfectly honest probably by about the two and a half that the Chiefs are the favorites as but I really like the Raiders to win this game straight up as a matter of fact I see this as like a two possession game for the Raiders now I like them to win outright so obviously I'm going to take the two and a half but genuinely this feels like a two possession game to me for the Raiders. Let's take Vegas 27, KC 17 and the last game we're going to look at before we get into the platinum gold, silver and bronze picks for week 10 are the LA Rams in San Francisco taking on the Niners. This obviously a battle of the NFC West. Rams at 7-2, Niners at 3-5. Niners losing last time out. The Rams, obviously their loss as well. A very surprising loss. A game that we did not expect the Rams to lose. Actually, my nephews and my sister were in uh, LA at SoFi Stadium watching that game, which was uh, pretty awesome for them. I, I uh, believe they had a great time. The pictures looked really tremendous. What a building that is. This Rams team, we everybody knows how good this Rams team actually is. And look, I feel like I was kind of beating this drum a little earlier than everybody else. I don't think San Francisco is a very good football team. Like, yeah, the record is close to 500. It's three and five. Yeah, they lost last week. The Niners have yet to win a game at home this year. They're 0-4. This is not a good football team to me. Now, look. This is a team that obviously historically over the last few years been absolutely riddled with injuries and that's no different right now. They are of course dealing with yet another one, this one being to offensive tackle Mike McGlinchey, starting offensive tackle. He tore his quad, he is done for the rest of the year. Some of you will be hearing that now for the first time and I apologize. 
Is there a worse thing to have to do in football than to face that Rams front seven and be down one of your starting offensive tackles? I believe it's the right tackle. And of course, Jimmy Garoppolo also dealing with a little bit of a tweak injury from last week. Although I think he said it was kind of a freak thing and he would be fine. But if his mobility is at all compromised, well, imagine having to run away from Aaron Donald. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm heavy on the Rams in this game. I don't think they're going to lose too straight. The team's too good for that. So we're on the Rams here in San Francisco to lay a whooping on the 49ers. On the line, the Rams are only favored by four, which feels like an absolute gift because this feels like a three possession game to me easy. So we're going to go ahead and lay the four points on the LA Rams. I imagine this line will grow to closer to a touchdown by kickoff. Let's go Rams 34, Niners 13. Once again, again, uh, San Francisco, I appreciate you remembering that Brandon Ayuk is a person that exists over these last couple of weeks as someone who has many shares of him in fantasy football. But uh, yeah, don't think the Niners are quite prepared for this one. Okay, here we go, folks. Platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks for week 10 in the NFL. Once again, I will be giving you over-under plays in these picks because they are my top picks of the week. Starting with the bronze pick, 8-1 straight up, 7-2 against the spread this year, and 5-4 and on the totals. Sees the Miami Dolphins at home playing host to the Baltimore Ravens. Now, Miami's got to feel kind of big in their britches, picking up just their second win of the season last week, and they get rewarded by getting to come home and having to play the Ravens. Baltimore were winners as well last week, and I don't think there's anything that the Baltimore Ravens do worse than the Miami Dolphins. I'm really hard-pressed to think of an area where I would look at the Dolphins and go, oh yeah, I think the Dolphins are the better team. Uh, Tua also kind of potentially dealing with an injury he didn't play last week, so we'll have to keep an eye on where that goes moving forward. Look, the Dolphins can clearly win without Tua because they went ahead and they did it, but... With this Dolphins team where they don't control the ball very well against a Ravens team that I think offensively is just leagues better, uh, it's going to be real tough here. If Miami starts giving the ball away, this is going to turn into a blowout really quickly. So obviously I'm on the Ravens here. Really like Baltimore on the road in Miami to beat the Dolphins. On the line, Baltimore laying seven and a half points here as the road favorite. I think this is a three-possession game, so I'm okay laying the seven and a half. Baltimore minus 7.5. Now, total in the game set at 46 and a half points. I have this capped in the 50s, so I feel okay taking this thing over because Baltimore's defense hasn't been crazy impressive to me this year, and Miami, I think, will be capable of scoring some points. So I'm going to take the over on this one. It's a relatively low number to have to sweat. So we're going to go over 46 and a half in Baltimore, Miami. Ravens straight up. We're going to lay the points on the Ravens minus seven and a half in a game that goes over 46 and a half points. That is the bronze pick. My silver pick where I'm eight and one straight up, only four and five, both against the spread and over under. So let's even that up this week with the Washington football team coming off of their bye, playing host to the Tampa Bay Bucks, also coming off of their bye. So rest evened up in this one. And uh, that's basically where the evening up of this matchup begins and ends. Uh, Washington takes uh, relatively few penalties, actually. It's one of the things I think the Washington team does very well. They're relatively disciplined. So that's certainly helpful. They won't shoot themselves in the foot all that often. However, this Bucks team kind of has a way of making you make some mistakes. Uh, I think Tampa is easily better on the offensive side I think Tampa is easily better in almost all aspects on the defensive side of the ball this just not one of those games that Tampa could afford to lose and still say that they are as good as everybody thinks they are we're going to be on the Bucks in this one second straight road team that we're grabbing here in these picks let's take Tampa to beat Washington on the line, Tampa's laying nine and a half points as a road favorite. It's a big number to lay on a road team, but I genuinely think this is like a three possession game. So I'm okay laying the nine and a half on Tampa Bay. Bucks minus 9.5. Total in the game's at 51 and a half points. Washington's defense is really bad, but I think they're capable of scoring some points as well. I'm going to go over on this one, over 51 and a half points in Tampa, Washington. 
Bucks straight up. We're going to lay the nine and a half points on Tampa as well in a game that goes over 51 and a half points. That is the silver pick. Let's go Bucks 41, Washington 24. My gold pick where I'm seven and two straight up, four and five against the spread and three and six on the total. So let's see if we can't start turning that around this week in this new era of only giving totals picks in the top four. The Arizona Cardinals at home playing host to the Carolina Panthers. And Carolina has completely lost their identity now, whether Christian McCaffrey is in the game or not. Don't get me wrong, I thought the Patriots were going to win and cover that game last week, but this offense has completely disappeared. Aside from scoring 19 points a couple weeks ago in a division game against Atlanta where anything can happen, they've scored over the last three games 19 plus 6 plus 3, 28 points in three games. I understand that Christian McCaffrey is now back, that's a good thing. But I, you cannot trust this Panthers team any further than you can throw them. And it certainly doesn't help that they're dealing with an injury problem as well. Now, there are injuries on both sides of this game. I'm actually going to start with the one in Arizona because I think it's probably more significant. It's running back Chase Edmonds. He has a high ankle sprain. He's likely headed to short-term injured reserve, which means he'll probably miss the next three games. That James Conner, it is James Conner season to get him in your daily fantasy lineups. He's going to be the workhorse here for two or three weeks. He's going to big time cut even more into Chase Edmonds' workload when he comes back from this. But again, high ankle sprain, tough thing to deal with, likely be out for that at least that three weeks, if not more. And for the Panthers, it's starting center Matt Paradis. And that completely destabilizes the entire offensive line when you lose your starting center. He tore his ACL. He is done for the year. That is a crippling injury for the Carolina Panthers, especially a team that struggles to protect their quarterback and is predicated on having one of the most dangerous runners in the NFL. If you lose your starting center, your offensive line efficiency goes down. It's going to be a long rest of the season for Carolina. I got nothing against the Panthers, but I think they're going to get spanked in this one. These are two teams that take way too many penalties, but the difference between the two is Arizona protects the football. Carolina does not. Carolina is going to make the mistakes that Arizona is going to capitalize on. We're on the cards here in a big, bad way. Let's take Arizona to beat Carolina. Now, on the line, Arizona's laying 10 points as a home favorite. I still only think this is a two-possession game because I genuinely think this is very low scoring. Spoilers, the total is only 44.5. I'm on the under. I have this game in the 20s. I don't think this game gets to 30 points. So it's tough to lay the 10. I am still going to do it because I think it's a two-possession game at least a two possession game, if not more, maybe even three. So I'm laying the 10 points, but I'm a little cautious on it. So there you have it, card straight up. We are laying the 10 points on Arizona in a game that stays under 44 and a half points. That is the gold pick. We're gonna go Arizona 20, Carolina three. And the platinum pick where I'm seven and two straight up and four and five each against the spread and over under. So let's even those bad boys up this week with the Indianapolis Colts at home in a division game. Yes, I am really, really playing with fire in this one, but I don't care because I really believe in it. The Indianapolis Colts on the long week playing host to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, look, Jacksonville can win a game here and there. They absolutely can. But... They are dealing with, potentially, a limited Trevor Lawrence, who has not been great this year anyway. They had multiple injuries coming out of the game last week. Now, I believe all of those players play, but I don't necessarily believe they play at 100%. The Indianapolis Colts, I think, are clearly the second best team in this division. They're not as good as the Titans, but they're definitely better than both the Jags and the Texans. Again, it was nice to see Jacksonville win that game last week. Their second win of the year. It's got to feel good for them. Reality comes back in this week in the form of the Indianapolis Colts. A team that are a little better rested because they got the benefit of the long week. Who are immaculate at protecting the football. Whereas the Jags might be the worst team in the NFL in terms of ball control. A Colts team that does not take a lot of penalties. So they really don't give you a ton of opportunities 
This game just feels incredibly one-sided to me. So we're going to go ahead and grab the Indianapolis Colts at home to get a big win over Jacksonville. A big win in the division towards the AFC playoff picture. Now, on the line, Indy's laying 10.5 points. I think this is like a four-possession game. This is probably the biggest blowout of the week to me, right, along with Buffalo and the Jets. So we're going to go ahead and lay the 10.5. Boy, those are both division games, aren't they? Ooh, that just made me a little sick to my stomach. We're going to lay the 10.5 points on the Colts. Total in the game set at 47.5 points. I do think this goes over. I don't think it's over by a ton, but I am taking the over on the 47.5 in Jacksonville, Indianapolis. Colts straight up. We're going to lay the points on the Colts minus 10.5 at home in a game that goes over 47.5 points. That is your platinum pick. Let's go Colts 38, Jacksonville 13. There we go, folks. The picks are now in for the Week 10 games. It is time now for the patented comment of the week the comment of the week from the week nine episode is going to go to casey neistat and i believe he's been a viewer of mine for quite some time and genuinely like casey nailed it in this comment absolutely a hundred percent nailed it and i should have known better than to do what i did but i did what i did anyway and it wound up biting me casey's comment was that's a ballsy platinum pick from last week which was of course the rams over the titans rams covering seven and a half over 54, the one that I reverse swept, as in got everything about that game wrong. Any of the higher confidence picks on a Titans game, Casey says, is playing with fire. They're great as dogs, but will shit the bed against bottom feeder teams. My response to that was, you are not wrong, Casey. The Titans are definitely on that list of teams that should be nowhere near my top picks as a winner or a loser, but sometimes you gotta go with your gut. Now's the time to do it in the middle of the season. So while I agree with that, while I agree that now's the time to go with your gut plays, uh, Casey was 100% right, and that game should have been nowhere near my top picks, and I got punished for it severely. So Casey, I'm going to take that punishment, I'm going to turn it around and reward you with the comment of the week from the Week 9 episode. There we go, folks. The Week 10 show is now in the books. Thank you so much for watching and listening. Give me some feedback. Let me know what you think about my decision with the total plays. Let me know if you like this format where you keep the total plays for the top four picks but eliminate them for everything else. And once again, if you want to glean what my total plays are from the final scores that I gave you, then we can go ahead and do that for sure. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. That's it for me. Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, currently enjoying the last day of my vacation as a single tear rolls down my cheek. Fueled, as always, by the incredible folks at Nerd Tees. Enjoy the games in week 10. We will see you again for week 11. We keep recklessly moving towards the end of this NFL season. Mm -hmm.